Are you interested in investing in vacation rental properties but don't know where to start? Joe's here to help you out. He's been investing in the Outer Banks for quite a few years now. Most recently, he's acquired vacation rental properties. He's going to tell you his experiences during his first year and the changes he would have made. Like when your kitchen table gets thrown out from a second story deck. He's going to give you the insights and tips to make your investment successful. Let's just get right down to business. The Joe Robert Show. This, this is The Joe Robert Show. The Joe Robert Show. The Joe Robert Show. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your host, Joe Robert. I'm going to discuss my own personal experience investing in real estate over at the beach in the last year. I'm going to start with why did I choose Outer Banks of North Carolina? Well, I have a history there of vacation there ever since I was born. And then my mother has owned property there. My grandfather has owned property there. And uh, back in 2000s, I owned property there. So, you know, not only is it a vacation destination for the family, but, uh, you know, we have connection there. And so I have been going every year and realized that the last, just in the last two years that the sales actually picked up. It was late to the recovery being a tertiary market. And what that means is it's not a main city core area. So a lot of these areas took a lot longer to recover from the 2000s. And over the last two years, when you've seen some of the properties that have been sitting on the market for years and years and years start selling, that's a sign that the market is starting to turn. And so last year I jumped in, it was last spring, uh, jumped in and uh, picked up one uh, property that was on the waterfront. And the reason I picked it up is, you know, when you look around the whole East Coast, there's not much waterfront property available to build on let alone be able to kiteboard off of, do water sports, and be in a great location. So I picked up that lot, and then I continued picking up some more lots, and uh, I ended up picking up quickly about seven waterfront properties that were all on the sound front, which some might know as the bay front, where you could kite right off it, boat right off it, whatever. Um, on these areas, you know, this is, they don't have public septic here, so you always got to get up a public sewer so you always have to get a septic permit it's one of the most important things before buying a lot is to make sure you have your permit you have a septic permit that you can build on it there is lots out there where they don't you won't be able to get a permit on it i also chose a obx or outer banks because it is one of the type kiteboarding destinations in the country and over the last five years or so i picked up kiteboarding i try to go every few months or so it's not like every week but it keeps it exciting and new because I'm still learning. I'm continuing to learn. And North Carolina as a whole has been on almost every real estate report over the last few years, you know, in top growth, top jobs, top universities and everything. So there's a lot of attention here in the state of North Carolina. Now, earlier this year, earlier uh, last year, at the end of last year, a uh, REO came up, uh, one back from the oceanfront, so, and it also came with a lot next door to it. It came up uh, through an auction site, my broker told me about it, and so we went on there, we bid, we won that bid. We got a really good deal, I think we paid about 451 for the lot and the house. We put about 50, 60K into it, and you know, about seven months later, we refinanced and, and pulled back out 490. So almost zero dollars into the, the deal because we also also had cash flow rental at the beginning of the season. So there's really no money in this deal whatsoever. 
and appraised for another few hundred thousand dollars already. Now, some of the other things I've learned is, you know, it's also good to buy properties with a uh, good rental history before it gives you indication what the property can do and then what you can also improve based on reading all the reviews through the different sites one thing when you're reading all the reviews is determine if the property should be rebranded you know some negativity might stick around from the old name and so you want a new vibe to the property and new repairs new photos so that's something to really look at. You know, are you buying a place that's a value add where you want to change the name and repair the place and then bring a new vibe? Or is it already a place that's in great condition, has great reviews and ready to roll? Another topic that we came across is pets versus no pets. Uh, it's a very hard decision because most people or a lot of people now have pets. There's a pet premium on the rentals. You can usually charge more money, but then you also have a lot more CapEx and maintenance costs going forward. So, so far we're, we're doing pets. Uh, it's not my favorite, but I think, um, I do love pets though, but just from the condition of the house, it's not the best. But uh, a lot more renters are coming to the beach with their pets. So that's typically a priority for a lot of renters when they check, you know, want to check those boxes, see what's available. Now also on trying to furnish the property from farther away and not being in the location. Uh, you know, that was definitely a little challenging. You know, so when you get to these tertiary markets or faraway markets, the vendors are not as plentiful, they're not as tech savvy, and therefore you're kind of doing a little bit more old school when you're doing, you know, getting the furnishing work done or you're hiring the contractors. One of the things that we had, uh, you know, a problem with in getting all the furniture delivered and even though it was marked in the paperwork is one of the contractor had a, a worker there and they had asked to remove the kitchen table and the worker said, yes, we were supposed to and we gave them guidance not to. So they had thrown it out the second story and it ended up being trash. So, you know, being on site always helps. I would have prevented this, but being far away, you know, it was on, you know, just unfortunate that we couldn't be there. So that was uh, one, we, we ended up splitting the bill with the contractor and, you know, everything worked out. Another thing is, you know, in distinguishing on your rental properties is how much money to put in or how much value add. You know, I think one aspect to look at is how hot is the market too? Because if the market is really, really high and there's no inventory, your improvements might not make so much of a difference, meaning you could already get top dollar if there's no other inventory. So you got to check out your price points, your inventory, supply and demand. Now, if there's a lot more inventory to pick through, then obviously your house standing out the best is going to sell first. And that's how you should kind of look at first start with when you're trying to figure out your punch list and what work you want to do to the property. Two, you also want to go back to those reviews check out all the reviews and just see what the input was to change certain aspects that would make the stay better for all those guests. Now, my opinion that in, in like in most real estate is that you don't really make your money until the day you sell, as long as there is equity. Uh, there's always a saying, hey, you make the money when you buy, you make the money when you cash flow. Well, my personal experience has been the most amount of money I made on most all deals is when the day you exit, right? And the difference in what you owe on that property and the value. So I think what's really important is finding a market where the projected increase in price over the next three to five years is going to go up dramatically because of certain characteristics. And those might be gentrification where they're coming in and changing the neighborhood. It might be a supply and demand thing. 
you know, there's, there could be an area where there's really limited amount of houses, say under $400,000. Therefore, if you have something at 200, it's very likely to go up at a 20, 30, 40% clip very easily because there will be no inventory for people to choose from under the 400 point. Now, when you get up to the higher price point, there's usually a lot more inventory and less buyers at that point. Uh, the buyer pool dwindles because of the down payment that's required. You know, if there's a 20% down payment required, you know, on a million dollar property, it's $200,000. That puts a lot of people out of the market. With the smaller properties under 400,000, it brings a lot more bigger pool of buyers. You know, a lot of people also think that cash flow on rental properties, right? And especially vacation rentals. Uh, I think a lot of people, when they do their pro, pro forma, expect a certain amount of cash flow, whether it's 8%, 10% cash on cash. But what they all end up learning over the first three years is that there typically is none. Yeah, they they claim there is, and the, you know, but from my experience and also talking to other people that have been in the business a long time, there isn't. You know, there's a lot of you know a rental a vacation rental could be as high as like a 55 to 75 percent expense ratio on the gross collections. Um, a lot of people don't underwrite that. They don't understand the extent of all the repairs from the tenants throughout the year and from the maintenance on the properties. You know, in the Outer Banks, when you have properties, you're, you're out in the middle of water. You know, the salt is just beating on that property every day, the wind and the hurricanes. And so when a hurricane comes through and you blow the shingles off the roof and you have a deductible that's already at $5,000 starting, then, you know, that's a cost out of pocket. And these costs are typically not accounted for when buying rental properties. So like I said, back to the thing is, you make the money the day you sell if you're selling at a higher price. Now dealing with renters, we currently have our property set with a property manager and we actually just closed on another one about two weeks ago. It's an oceanfront property and our goal there is we found it undervalued based on the, just we got a great price, I think 660. And you know, the lot alone is worth $500,000. As of recently, a, a recent comp should be going through shortly. And we thought it was just a great location, plenty of dunes. I mean, one of the important things to think about when you're investing in vacation property is the dune line. Over here in the Outer Banks, there's been a couple of storms that has taken the dune line way back. And in some cases in North Rodanthe has taken the houses into the water. So I think dune protection, on the ocean side, if you're on the sound side or bay side, you know, you might be looking at bulkhead costs, all very important in protecting the property. So I would make sure that you have a great dune line. Also, you know, hurricanes are very prevalent in the Outer Banks. You know, there's typically some kind of storm going on all the time, you know, on a yearly basis. Uh, it's out in the middle of the water. It's path of most hurricanes. So it's something definitely to be looking out for and be expected that, if you own property long enough, you're going to be dealing with some problems and you're going to be dealing with repairs and you just hope that the insurance covers the bulk of what you're doing and you got to come out of pocket for the deductibles. Sometimes it could be a benefit to get things replaced, but over on the years that there is no insurance claims, you know, it might be money out of pocket. In dealing with renters, you know, we're utilizing a property management companies. They manage everything from booking the tenant to the, you know, getting the tenant in the house to any repairs throughout the year. Where we're at, we typically do a Saturday to Saturday or Sunday to Sunday booking. It's a weekly thing. It's not on Airbnb or Verbo. 
it's historically what they always done. Families tend to drive pretty far, come, come there on a Saturday or Sunday, and then stay for a week, and then they leave. Occasionally, we get tenants that stay for two weeks. You know, everything is about keeping the tenant happy and, you know, making sure that they have the best day as possible. And like I said, going back to those reviews, you know, go back to the reviews. So for the next year, you can improve the property. Another thing that's important is, you know, how, when you boost your NOI from the previous owners or increase the cash flow, you know, when you're doing performance, projecting out when you could actually get that refi to get your cash back out, I think is very important. I think having cash in some of these deals is good in one aspect, but I think the cash on cash and re returns is very small and there's better places to put that capital to work. So going in, doing a value add, increasing those rents, refinancing back out. I love the model. Uh, you know, what I found from our financing so far is because you're buying an LLC, they're looking at it as a commercial loan and they're giving terms, you know, in around four to 5% right now on a five-year term with a 20-year amortization. And, you know, having that 20-year AM definitely squeezes that cash flow. So you have to be buying undervalued properties. You know, uh, a lot lately in speaking to the appraiser on what is driving all this traffic, right? Like what is driving all this traffic to the beach? Why are properties sitting on for three years on the market now all of a sudden sitting? The sales are greater than in 2006. I mean, everything's selling, especially under 420. Basically, people are moving right now. People are moving, whether it's temporarily for a year or two because of COVID, or they are moving because their corporate said that they can work remotely now on and or maybe they only have to be in the office a day or so. So coming out of DC, Virginia, they can run out there for a day's work, get back to their property, be living at the beach. I mean, for most people, I've probably been sitting in that urban area where they've been trucking to work every day and just want something different. It's a great opportunity for them and their families. Also, I don't think, you know, I think remote work will keep expanding. I think there will be a hybrid between corporate offices or HQ's headquarters and certain team members all working remotely and a hybrid between maybe a day or two into the office and a few days out of the office. So I don't think that's going to slow down uh, anytime soon. I think that's going to keep on going and growing and this will allow more people to be flexible to where the secondary tertiary markets where people want to be more spread out or there's some kind of, you know, uh, passion for where they're going like the beach that they'll go and live there more or at least reside there a greater part of the year you know one of the most important things that an area gets in the real estate market in regards to traction is looking for articles online you know there's different multiple sites whether it's tripadvisor dr beach uh forbes puts out articles i mean they all put out articles favorite destinations or where people are buying the most rental properties these type of art these type of articles persuade people or at least give them the imagination of going to these places and owning something. And I think that drives a lot of traffic. You know, this year in the Outer Banks, they had the TV show and they had a major Forbes article. Now there's more articles coming out. So all that, you know, drives people to go there and see what's going on. And then when they get there, there's a good percentage of them that may want to buy, you know, they may want to move there. And that, those are the trends you got to look for when buying real estate. You know, things are driven by where's the movement of money going? Where are people moving to? And then how are they working? You know, we used, you know it used to always be important to go where the all the jobs are. Well, now you got to say, okay, if a portion of these jobs are going remote, where do these remote workers want to go? And where will these corporations allow these remote workers to work to still be on the team? I think that'll kind of give you better insight into, you know, where people will go, what they will do. Always follow the money flows too. And wherever the money's flowing, people are buying, that's where to invest. 
and to leave off for today's show, you know, in the in this process, the best thing when it comes to increasing the net worth on vacation rentals is really just market timing. You can't always get it right, but if you do get it right, you do very well. You can have 10, 20, 30% annualized increases in home prices based on supply and demand in very small markets. So if you can time the market cycle for a certain geographic area, that will ultimately give you the best returns. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes and leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode. Thanks for listening to The Joe Roberts Show. Take these tips and insights that you can use to help grow your own personal wealth and share them with a friend that could also benefit. Don't miss a single episode or updates. Subscribe to our email list at joerobert.com. And as always, keep pushing yourself towards a more impactful life. The Joe Roberts Show. Joe Robert Show The Joe Robert Show